Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film Podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into Star Wars Episode 9, The Rise of Skywalker, in today's statistics episode. We reap the wind and the sky when the sun is high. We sail the length of the seas on the ocean breeze. At night we name every star. We know where we are. We know who You probably listened to the review episode that I did for Rise of Skywalker already. If not, uh, I don't know, I guess, welcome. Uh, it is being released simultaneously on uh, today, Thursday, to make up for not having an episode Monday or Wednesday this week. And um, small spoilers, in this episode, I'm not going to really be talking about the details of the plot or anything like that, but part of the statistics uh, are the people in the movie, um, credits that are given. And there are some that are not present uh, in any of the marketing, as far as I'm aware. Uh, so parts of that, I there's a ton. There's tons of names to get through, so this could take a while, especially once we get to the acting portion. But just so you're aware, I'm gonna go through all of them uh, pr with the presumption that you've, you've seen it or don't care to know. So just a heads up, right now that that's going to happen so let us get into the star wars episode 9 rise of skywalker statistics this is a 2019 film uh i saw i've seen it once i do intend to see it again uh, when it comes on when it's available on disney plus or whatever but i saw it i saw it december 19th i saw it preview night uh, and it's taken me this long with vacations and what have you to be able to actually record it. It's two hours and 12 minutes long. I gave the film a 24. 24. Uh, with, and it has a Rotten Tomato score of 54. This ranks it 220th on the year. 7,022nd overall on my spreadsheet. It is not in the IMDb top 250. It has a Bechtel test score of three and an MPAA rating of PG-13. My film synopsis, my brief summary of the film is the resistance faces Emperor Palpatine believed to be dead. Uh, pretty simple. Um, yeah, that is, that is the synopsis of the climactic chapter in the Skywalker saga. It is an action film, the 949th highest rated action film, the 923rd highest rated adventure film, the 773rd highest rated fantasy film, and the 616th highest rated science fiction film. It is part of the Star Wars sequel trilogy, which now clocks in at 6.72 hours. Uh, it is the third film in this trilogy, and they have a combined average rating of 65.67 overall. Rise of Skywalker is the worst of the three uh, by a very significant margin. But it is also part of the Star Wars franchise, the Star Wars world of film. Uh, and in that situation, it is a little less, well, it's not quite at the bottom of this. It is the 12th film in the franchise when you include The Clone Wars. Uh, bringing the entire franchise to a total runtime of 25.57 hours and an overall average film rating of 54.5. Uh, Rise of Skywalker steps in as 10th out of 12, 
just behind Attack of the Clones and just ahead of The Phantom Menace, literally one point away from either of them in either direction. Yes, that is that is that is where we're at with Rise of Skywalker. Uh, if you like the movie, um, then uh, this might be might not be the episode for you. Just a, just a heads up. We'll move on to directors now. Directors for Rise of Skywalker. It's J.J. Abrams back again. Uh, this is the sixth film credit of his I have seen. It drops his average film rating to a 57.33. It is his only film rated between 0 and 24 and sixth best movie overall. Worst movie overall coming in behind Star Trek Into Darkness. He has a score of... A value of zero, a score of 43 to be ranked 343rd overall. One spot behind Tony Scott and one spot ahead of Mike Newell. Uh, If you're not familiar with the name Mike Newell, he directed Donnie Brasco, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, Four Weddings and a Funeral, uh, Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time, among others. The direction in Rise of Skywalker and... uh, I don't know. The direction itself, I don't have the biggest problem with. I think, you know, when the movie wants to be a spectacle action sequence, it is a spectacle action sequence. The performances are solid across the board. The look of the film is fine. Like, I don't have a issue with it. It's fine. Um... All the issues I have with the film, or or rather, not all of them, but the vast majority of the issues that I have with this film reside in the writing portion. So let's move on to writers. A couple of them, handful of writers here, including J.J. Abrams. This is the seventh film credit I've uh, seen for him as a writer. Uh, He... I just want to... I always look at this, see this. I want to make sure I have, have this down correctly. Uh, before I attribute it incorrectly. But I do. Okay, cool. Um, seventh film credit of his on my sheet that I've logged. It drops his average film rating to a 48.86. It's his second film, rated between 0 and 24, and sixth best movie overall, coming in behind Forever Young and ahead of Gone Fishing. He has a value of negative 3, a score of 35 even, to be ranked 1,027th overall, one spot behind Paul Brickman, and one spot ahead of Marie Brenner. He is not alone. Other writing and story credits for the film are attributed to Derek Connolly. This is the seventh film credit of his I've seen. It drops his average film rating to a 41.57. It's his third film, rated between 0 and 24, and fifth best movie overall, coming in behind Detective Pikachu and ahead of Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. He has a value of negative 5, a score of 27.33, to be ranked 2,267th overall, one spot behind Adam Egoyan. Adam Egoyan? Egoyan, Egoyan, uh, one spot ahead of a bunch of people, including Craig Kyle, who directed, who was one of the writers on Thor Ragnarok. Additionally, you have Chris Terrio. This is the fourth film credit of his I've seen, or that's on the spreadsheet, dropping his average film rating to a 41.25. It's his second film rated between 0 and 24 and third best movie overall, coming in behind Justice League and ahead of Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice. He has a value of negative 4, a score of 23.5, to be ranked 3,228th overall, one spot behind Oren Uziel, and one spot ahead of Claire Booth Luce. 
And finally, we have Colin Trevorrow. This is the fourth film credit of his I've seen, dropping his average film rating to a 31 even. It's his second film rated between 0 and 24 and third best movie overall. Coming in behind Battle at Big Rock and ahead of Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. He has a value of negative 5, a score of 15.67 to be ranked 5,466th overall. One spot behind uh, Rai Rousseau Young and one spot ahead of Tony Leach. So... Most of my problems, you can go and listen to the review episode to hear a lot of them, and, and I kind of walk through the vague plots of the, fi- the plot of the film and, and, and touch on various points that I don't like and think are poorly done. But suffice to say, uh, this is a film where the pressure to succeed is immense, and the responsibility of how much needed to happen is also immense, and so no director, writer, whatever, uh, could have done this flawlessly. Uh, and, and I hesitate to even suspect, su- suggest that any of them could have done it uh, well, at the very least. And Rise of Skywalker um, certainly is not done well, in my eyes. But even more than that, I think it makes a lot of egregious errors, especially on the writing front, with not only... Um, the villain that is brought back into this film, uh, the aforementioned Palpatine, uh, the truth behind some of the characters, uh, particularly Rey, and uh, the way it handles uh, Leia and uh, some of the other characters that have, I don't know, you know, Leia, Rose, uh, Finn, Poe, I just think the handling of these characters is very, very poorly done. And... Um, that's, that's kind of where I land. Again, if you want to hear more of an explanation as to my issues, uh, you can head over to the review episode. So let's move on to the bulk of this. Um, I did not count how many times Rise of Skywalker was credited to a film to an actor on my sheet, but I will do so now. Um, Fifty-three. <laughs> Fifty-three. To give you an idea of how that compares to Endgame, there are 61 credits on my spreadsheet for Endgame. So uh, this comes close. This absolutely comes close. <clears throat> uh, let's let's do this. Starting out at the top, Adam Driver. He plays Kylo Ren. This is the 25th film credit of his I've seen. It drops his average film rating to a 67.76. It is his... Uh, oh, hold on a second. Oh, hold on a second. Hold on. Um, those things are all true. It is his 25th film. Uh, it does have an average film rating of 67.76. I had a little mistype uh, issue. It is his only film rated between 0 and 24. It is his worst film overall and come and one spot behind J. Edgar. He has a value of 15, a score of 77.74 to be ranked 16th overall. One spot behind Michael Stuhlberg and one spot ahead of Catherine Hepburn. Um... Like Adam Driver, I thought he did. A, I thought he gives a good performance in Force Awakens and Last Jedi. I thought, I mean, even in this, I thought he's good, and and especially in some of the more emotional moments that he does get. But I just his his lackluster. I, it didn't feel like he was as into it as uh, I thought he had been in the past. Next up is Andy Serkis. 
This is his 33rd film credit, dropping his average film range to a 64.39. It's his third film, rated between 0 and 24, and 31st best film overall, coming in behind Burke and Hare and ahead of Brighton Rock. He has a value of 15, a score of 75.71 to be ranked 23rd overall, one spot behind Daniel Day-Lewis, and one spot ahead of Jeremy Renner. Uh, Andy Serkis is the voice and motion capture performance of Snoke in the previous two films. Here he is just the voice of Snoke. Um, And I won't go into, I mean, not really a capacity to grade him on that, as it were. Next up is Donald Gleason. This is the 32nd film credit of his I've seen, dropping his average film range to a 62.63. It is his third film rated between 0 and 24 and 30th best movie overall, coming in behind Stars and ahead of The Little Stranger. He has a value of 13, a score of 71.94 to be ranked 51st overall, one spot behind Frank O'Connor and one spot ahead of Minoru Chiaki. Donald Gleason as... Uh, Admiral, General, General Hux, uh, you know, is, um, he's, he's just, uh, window dressing, kind of, in this movie. He's given one significant element of the plot, uh, which I think is kind of silly for his character, and, um, yeah, that's it. Next is Lupita Nyong'o. This is the 10th film credit of hers I've seen, dropping her average film range to a 72.9. It is her only film rated between 0 and 24 and 10th best movie overall, or worst movie, coming in behind her role as herself in Star Wars colon Greatest Moments. She has a value of 8.5, a score of 69.25, to be ranked 75th overall. One spot behind Clint Eastwood and one spot ahead of Song Kang Ho. <clears throat> reprising her role as Maz Kanata. Uh, I believe she's only a voice in this film. Uh, I may be mistaken, but I believe she's only a voice, and uh, she has a very small role to play. Next is Alec Guinness. Um, having been dead for the last 20 years now, well, 19, I guess, is more accurate, um, he does appear in this film as a voice, this is the 19th film credit of his I've seen, dropping his average format to a 65.47. It's his second film, rated between 0 and 24, and 18th best movie overall, coming in behind The Stratford Adventure and ahead of Star Wars The Clone Wars. He has a value of 9.5, a score of 68.74, to be ranked 86th overall. One spot behind Charles Lane, one spot ahead of Henry Fonda. Guinness, of course, as Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, his voice was used in this film. Uh towards the end of it then we take a big skip down to frank oz this is the 27 or 25th film credit of his i've seen dropping his average point to a 60.84 it's his second film rated between 0 and 24 and 24th best movie overall coming in behind star wars episode 2 attack of the clones and ahead of star wars episode 1 the phantom menace that's gonna be uh, probably the truth about a lot of people that it falls right between those excuse me He has a value of 4.5, a score of 60.83 to be ranked 347th overall, one spot behind Jane Addams, one spot ahead of Gene Simmons. I'm sorry, one spot ahead of Michio Aratama. Frank Oz, of course, reprising his role as the voice and puppeteer. I don't know if we puppets Yoda. I think he's just the voice in this one. Just the voice. Um, 
Cool. Next up is Billy D. Williams. This is the 11th film credit of his I've seen, dropping his average film rate to a 64.09. It's his only film, rated between 0 and 24, and worst movie overall. Coming in behind his voice role in Batman is just not that into you. He has a value of 5, a score of 59.23, to be ranked 438th overall. One spot behind Bill Hader. Who? Bill Hader. Curious. Oh. He is not. Interesting. I know Bill Hader is credited as um, one of the voices. I think he was credited as one of the voices of BB-8 in earlier films. Not in this one, apparently. Um, yeah, one spot behind Bill Hader, one spot ahead of Franklin Pangborn. Billy Dee Williams reprising his role as Lando Calrissian uh, to minimal effect. Uh, Billy Dee Williams is great. He was great in the movie. Um, yeah. Talking about, we're going to talk about, going to try to focus on the performances rather than the, the characters themselves. Next is Anthony Daniels. This is the 16th film credit of his I've seen, dropping his average film range to a 59.13. It's his third film, rated between 0 and 24, and 14th best movie overall. One behind, coming in behind Star Wars Episode 2, Attack of the Clones, and ahead of Star Wars Episode 1, The Phantom Menace. He has a value of 3, a score of 55.56, to be ranked 689th overall, one spot behind Anna DeVere Smith, and one spot ahead of Russell Crowe. Of course, Anthony Daniels is the man behind the suit of C-3PO. And uh, he sounds just the same as ever. You know, uh, you know, 40 years later, and you put at least the vocal performance of, of C-3PO next to his performance in um, A New Hope, and uh, they really do feel almost identical. So... Anthony Daniels. Keep it up. Next up is Shirley Henderson. This is the 25th film credit of hers I've seen, dropping her average film rate to a 57.28. It is her third film, rated between 0 and 24, and 23rd best movie overall. Coming in behind The Look of Love and ahead of In Secret. She has a value of 2.5, a score of 55.54, to be ranked 691st overall. One spot behind Russell Crowe, and one spot ahead of Dwight Fry. Shirley Henderson is the voice <clears throat> of Babu Frick. Babu Frick. Uh, the, you know, what would you even call him? Um, the mechanic, I guess, that interacts with C-3PO at one point. Uh, yeah, she is the voice of Babu Frick. And, I don't know. It's an interesting choice, uh, but I do like the choice. I like Shirley Henderson quite a bit. Next is Terry Douglas. This is the 11th film credit of hers I've seen, dropping her average film rate to a 60.64. It's her second film, rated between 0 and 24, and 10th best movie overall. Coming in behind Maleficent and ahead of The Wild, she has a value of 2.5, a score of 53.81, to be ranked 836th overall. One spot behind Gregory Peck, one spot ahead of Delphine Seyrig. Uh, Terry Douglas is a voice performance. We're going to have a lot of... Um, uh, she's additional voices. That's right, additional voices. <clears throat> Next is Harrison Ford. This is the 33rd film credit of his I've seen, dropping his average film to a 56.03. It is his seventh film, rated between 0 and 24, and 27th best movie overall, coming in behind Firewall and ahead of Working Girl. He has a value of negative 0.5, a score of 52.33, to be ranked 964th overall. 
one spot behind Carla Jury and one spot ahead of Bud Court. Of course, Harrison Ford is Han Solo, who makes a brief appearance in this film. And he's fine. I mean, he's always going to be the Han Solo, the Indiana Jones. But, uh, I mean, he doesn't get a lot to do. So, it's not you know, not much to evaluate. Next is Kieran Shah. This is the 10th film credit of his I've seen, dropping his average film rate to a 59.4. It's his second film rated between 0 and 24, and ninth best movie overall, coming in behind Solo, A Star Wars Story, and Ahead of Legend. He has a value of 2, a score of 51.5 to be ranked 1,052nd overall, one spot behind Henry Travers, and one spot ahead of Roy Scheider. Kieran Shah is Nambi Gima. Uh, the physical performance of Nambi Gima. Uh, somebody else does the voice. I don't know who Nambi Gima is. Nambi Gima is not helping me. He is on Wikipedia. He, she is a female Akiaki. I don't know what an Akiaki is. Oh, it's the thing with, like, I don't know how to describe it. Long tendrils. I think they're on the uh, desert planet where they find Lando. He is the physical motion performer of Nambigima. Cool. <clears throat> Next is Amanda Lawrence. This is the seventh film credit of hers I've seen, dropping her average from Rain to a 62.57. It's her only film, rated between 0 and 24, and worst movie overall. Coming in behind, Suffragette. She has a value of 2.5, a score of 51.17, to be ranked 1,083rd overall, one spot behind Tim Griffin, one spot ahead of Corey Michael Smith. Amanda Lawrence is the plays the role of Commander Dacey? 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 Um, yeah, I, I don't know how else to describe her, but you can... She's been in all three, or at least the last last one. Uh, and um, she's fine. I like her. Next is Warwick Davis. This is the 27th film credit of his I've seen, dropping his average format to a 54.56. It's his fourth film, rated between 0 and 24, and 24th best movie overall. Coming in behind Solo, A Star Wars Story, and ahead of The Phantom Menace. He has a value of negative 1, a score of 49.79, to be ranked 1,232nd overall. One spot behind Mary Tyler Moore, and one spot ahead of Richard Ayoade. Warwick reprising his role as Wicket, <clears throat> alongside uh, his son in the movie, who plays Wicket's son, presumably, Pomet. Um, I don't know. I mean, not really a big fan of the Ewoks in the first place, but whatever you need to do. <clears throat> Next is James Earl Jones. 29th film credit of his that I've seen, dropping his average film range to a 54.31. It's his fifth film, rated between 0 and 24, and 25th best film overall, coming in behind The Angriest Man in Brooklyn and ahead of The Clone Wars. He has a value of negative 1.5, a score of 49.31, to be ranked 1,280th overall, one spot behind Lisa Boyle, and one spot ahead of Haley Lou Richardson. Uh, James Earl Jones in this movie is play gives us the voice of Darth Vader and again yeah you know, a lot of these roles are just like snippets of voice um, 
for whatever that's worth, I suppose. Next is Billy Lord. This is the fourth film credit of hers I've seen, dropping her average film rating to a 68 even. It's her only film, rated between 0 and 24, and worst movie overall, coming in behind Booksmart. She has a value of 2, a score of 47.33, to be ranked 1,520th overall, one spot behind Bradley Cooper, and one spot ahead of Craig Roberts. Billy Lord is not only uh, the daughter of Carrie Fisher, but plays Lieutenant Connix in this film and the prior two films uh, of the trilogy. And, you know, I think she has like two lines between all three movies, maybe. So there's that. Next is Mark Hamill. This is the 19th film credit of his I've seen, dropping his average film rating to a 53.32. It's his seventh film, rated between 0 and 24, and 13th best movie overall, coming in behind Star Wars, colon, Evolution of the Lightsaber Duel, and ahead of Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. He has a value of negative 1, a score of 47.24, to be ranked 1,530th overall. One spot behind Golshifta Farahani, and one spot ahead of Matt Craven. Hamill is Luke. Luke Skywalker. He's the biggest biggest deal. And uh, he's fine. He's fine. He, again, is another one that doesn't really get a ton to do in this movie. And um, it's kind of becoming a pattern, isn't it? Next is someone who did have quite a bit to do in this movie, and that's John Boyega. This is the 10th film credit of his I've seen, dropping his average film rate to a 56.5. It's his... Uh, second film, rated between 0 and 24, and ninth best movie overall, coming in behind Star Wars Evolution of the Lightsaber Duel and ahead of The Circle. He has a value of 0, a score of 47.08, to be ranked 1,544th overall, one spot behind Alexa Demi, and one spot ahead of Charlotte Rampling. Boyega, of course, plays Finn in the film, and he does have a bigger role than most of the people we've already talked about. Uh, I like Boyega's I like Boyega as an actor. I thought, um, I, I think his best movie from a performance standpoint is Force Awakens. I liked him in Last Jedi. I like him in this, but I I think as the series has gone on, it's kind of slowly, uh, part of it kind of has to do with, I don't, I think the writers don't really know what to do with his character, but I think he did have a lot of stuff to do in the first movie. He was very integral to the plot, and I don't, I feel like that is just, slowly gone gone away uh over the subsequent films so i like boyega but um yeah he's he's just fine in this so moving on we have steve blum this is the 10th film credit of his i've seen dropping his average film rating to a 55.9 it's his second film rated between 0 and 24 and 10th best movie worst movie overall coming in behind his voice performance in green arrow uh, Steve Blum is credited as additional voices. Uh, he has a value of zero, a score of 46.58 to be ranked 1,617th overall, one spot behind Peter Bogdanovich, and one spot ahead of Carl Urban. Additional voices. Speaking of which, <laughs> um, next up is Carl Urban. 
This is the 17th film credit of his I've seen, dropping his average film into a 53.18. It is his third film, rated between 0 and 24, and 15th best movie overall, coming in behind The Loft and ahead of And Soon the Darkness. He has a value of negative 1, a score of 46.58, to be ranked 1,619th overall, one spot behind Steve Blum, one spot ahead of Graham Greene II. Again, Carl Urban, additional voices. Next up is Oscar Isaac. This is the 30th film credit of his I've seen, dropping his average film range to a zero. Uh, dropping his average film range to a 52.27. It's his fifth film, rated between 0 and 24, and 26th best movie overall, coming in behind X Men Apocalypse and ahead of In Secret. He has a value of negative 4.5, a score of 44.5, to be ranked 1,875th, 79th overall, one spot behind Lloyd Bridges, and one spot ahead of Matthew McConaughey. Um, <clears throat> Isaac, of course, plays Poe Dameron, and uh, he gets stuff to do in this movie. Uh, I think uh, his best movie performance-wise for me is Jedi. Last Jedi, I thought, you know, he's he's kind of sidelined from much of Force Awakens uh, when a lot of us, or I guess the characters themselves, believed him to be dead. But here, he kind of has a... Some, falls somewhere in the middle... Uh, I thought his narrative arc in the middle film did a lot of good for his character, uh, but more so gave him a lot of different uh, ways to act. And I thought this kind of, there's some good stuff in, in Rise of Skywalker for him to react with, his interactions with Rey and with, with Finn. But uh, be, because his his character's arc isn't quite as, doesn't really have an arc to it as, as much, um, I thought... You know he doesn't he doesn't have as much range to show so um, he's good I like I like I mean Oscar Isaac is great so he's he's suitably good in this film next is Ian McDiarmid this is the thirteenth film credit of his I've seen dropping his average film to a fifty two point eight five it's his second film rated between zero and twenty four and twelfth best movie overall coming in behind Attack of the Clones and ahead of the Phantom Menace he has a value of negative one point five a score of forty four point three to be ranked one thousand nine hundred and tenth overall one spot behind Roy Dotrice and one spot ahead of Ariana Labed uh, Diarmid reprising his role as Emperor Palpatine I mean opinions on Palpatine in the movie aside, Diarmid is a perfect, perfect choice to play Palpatine. He's got the perfect face, he chews scenery like nobody's business, and um, it's just, he's so hammy, and, and I think it's it's a lot of fun to watch him when he's in this role. Um, next is J.J. Abrams. This is the ninth film credit of his I've seen, dropping his average film range to a 53.56. It's his only film, rated between 0 and 24, and worst movie overall, coming in behind his his role as himself in Star Wars Evolution of the Lightsaber Duel. Uh, here he plays the voice of uh, Dio, new droid Dio. He has a value of 0, a score of 43.82, to be ranked 1,970th overall. One spot behind John Shrapnel, and one spot ahead of Gary Cole. Uh, yeah, Dio. Uh, best part about Dio is uh, no thank you. I like that line. It's a good line. This poor traumatic, traumatized droid. No thank you. 
Next is Richard E. Grant. This is the 20th film credit of his I've seen, dropping his average filming to a 52.35. It's his third film, rated between 0 and 24, and 18th best movie overall, coming in behind Dom Hemingway and ahead of The Nutcracker and The Four Realms. He has a value of negative 5, a score of 42.59 to be ranked 2,124th overall, one spot behind Roberta Maxwell and one spot ahead of Kate Winslet, Richard E. Grant comes into the cast as the character General Pride. He looks the part of a First Order General, of an Empire General, whatever you want to call them. I mean, they're First Order, but, um, I mean, they're exchangeable, interchangeable. Uh, he looks the part. I mean, Richard E. Grant is a great actor, and uh, he's perfectly capable in this role, but because the character itself does not get much range, uh, he's mostly just a scene-chewing evil person, um, you know, there's not much more to it than that. Next is Daisy Ridley. This is the 10th film credit of hers I've seen, dropping her average film to a 53.4. It is her only film, rated between 0 and 24, and 10th best worst movie overall, coming in behind 100% beef. She has a value of negative 2, a score of 42.5 to be ranked 2,128th overall, one spot behind Jennifer Grey, and one spot ahead of Mac McDonald. Um, yeah. Daisy Ridley is, of course, Ray, the, uh, outside of Adam Driver, the face of this new trilogy. And, um... I like Daisy Ridley a lot. I think as Ray, she's given a very solid performance throughout all three films. When we get the super close-ups of her face, she's very good at, at, at you know, acting with her face. Her eyes, her emotions, they come out. They're very visible in that way. I love that. Um, I, you know, I, I think uh, for her... I would probably say Last Jedi is her best movie from a performance standpoint. I would put this on par with Force Awakens. Uh, they both give her some stuff to do. And um, yeah, I, I, I like Daisy Ridley. I want more Daisy Ridley. Uh, doesn't have to be as Rey. Probably rather it wasn't Rey. But um, more Daisy Ridley, not a bad thing. Next is Carrie Fisher. This is the 25th film credit of hers that I've seen, dropping her average filming to a 50.64. It's her sixth film, rated between 0 and 24, and 20th best movie overall, coming in behind Wishful Drinking, and ahead of Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. She has a value of negative 5, a score of 41.89, to be ranked 2,227th overall, one spot behind J.K. Simmons, and one spot ahead of Catherine McCormick. Carrie Fisher, uh, posthumously and through archive footage, playing Leia Organa, uh, I mean, I can't really comment on her performance because there's none. There's no performance here whatsoever. And um, that's all I'm going to say. Cool. Next is Richard Bremer. This is the eighth film credit of his I've seen, dropping his average filming to a 52.38. It's his only film rated between 0 and 24, and the worst movie overall, coming in behind In the Heart of the Sea. He has a value negative 1.5, a score of 40.4 to be ranked 2,444 third overall, one spot behind Wood Harris, and one spot ahead of Harv Pre Harvey Presnell. Who's uh, Richard Bremer plays a First Order officer, period. Uh, 
Next is Fred Tataskior. This is the 36th film credit of his I've seen, dropping his average film rating to a 50.14. It's his ninth film, rated between 0 and 24, and 28th best movie overall, coming in behind the Angry Birds movie and ahead of Hotel Transylvania 3. He has a value of negative 7.5, a score of 40 even, to be ranked 2,498th overall, one spot behind Brandon Routh, one spot ahead of Jay Hernandez. Fred Tataskior is, uh, I presume, additional voices, and he is. Next is Dominic Monaghan. This is the seventh film credit of his I have seen, dropping his average film rating to a 51.29. It's his third film, rated between 0 and 24, and fifth best movie overall, coming in behind Molly Moon and the Incredible Book of Hypnotism and ahead of X-Men Origins Wolverine. He has a value of negative 1.5, a score of 38.39, to be ranked 2,700th overall. One spot behind Peter Sellers and one spot ahead of Charles Boyer. Dominic Monaghan who, I don't know why he's in the movie, but he plays Beaumont, who is a member of the Resistance, and uh, he's just kind of there. Just there. Next, it's a very big name, and it is Liam Neeson. This is the 58th film credit of his I've seen, dropping his average film to a 51.88. It is his seventh film, rated between 0 and 24, and 52nd best movie overall, coming in behind Krull and ahead of A Million Ways to Die in the West. He has a value of negative 12, a score of 38.15, to be ranked 2,732nd overall. One spot behind Matt O'Leary and one spot ahead of Nolan North. Liam Neeson reprising his role as Obi-Wan Kenobi, er, not Kenobi, uh, 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 what's his name? Oh, why can't I think of it? Qui-Gon Jinn. Reprising his role as Qui-Gon Jinn, uh, mostly just his voice, though. In fact, only just his voice. So, yeah. But an even bigger name <laughs> is Samuel L. Jackson. This is the 89th film credit of his I've seen, dropping his average film rating to a 52.69. It's his 18th film, rated between 0 and 24, and 73rd best film overall. One spot behind Attack of the Clones, one spot ahead of The Long Kiss Goodnight. He has a value of negative 13.5, a score of 38.03, to be ranked 2,743rd overall. One spot behind Genevieve O'Reilly, one spot ahead of Anna de Armas. Jackson also, like Liam Neeson, reprising his role as, um, oh man, why can't I think of his name? Uh, it's killing me. I don't want to look it up. I don't want to look it up. Samuel Jackson. Why can't I think of it? I don't know why I can't think of it. Ah, Windu, Mace Windu. Jeez, stupid. Um, yeah, he's a voice role as himself, as Windu. Cool. Next is James Arnold Taylor. This is the 11th film credit of his I've seen, dropping his average film rating to a 48 even. It's his fourth film, rated between 0 and 24, and eighth best movie overall, coming in behind Superman Doomsday and ahead of The Clone Wars. He has a value of negative 3.5, a score of 37.12, to be ranked 2,865th overall. Uh, one spot behind P Parker Posey, and one spot ahead of Frankie Muniz. James Oliver Taylor is has the coveted role of additional voices. 
Next is Lin-Manuel Miranda. This is the third film credit of his I've seen, dropping his average from rating to a 61 even. It's his only film rated between 0 and 24 and worst movie overall, coming in behind Mary Poppins Returns. He has a value of 0.5, a score of 37.1 to be ranked 2,867th overall, one spot behind Frankie Muniz, and one spot ahead of Dennis Leary. Uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda plays an uncredited soldier. Next is Gray Delisle. This is the 24th film credit of hers I've seen, dropping her average filming to 47.92. It's her fifth film, rated between 0 and 24, and 20th best movie overall, coming in behind Green Arrow and ahead of The Little Mermaid, colon, Ariel's Beginning. She has a value of negative 8, a score of 36.23, to be ranked 2,985th overall. One spot behind Megan Good, and one spot ahead of Edie Falco. Gray Delisle <clears throat> is, of course... Not on the list. Oh boy, what's going on now? Or is that um? Is her name actually Gray Griffin? I think. Uh, not helpful. Credited as Gray Delisle, and as Gray Griffin. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, Gray Griffin slash Gray Delisle is uh, also additional voices. A lot of people playing that role. Next is Kelly Marie Tran. This is the third film credit of hers I've seen, dropping her average filming to a 59.67. It's her only film rated between 0 and 24 and worst movie overall, coming in behind her role as herself in The Director and the Jedi. She has a value of 0, a score of 35.8, to be ranked 3,046th overall, one spot behind Lena Olin, and one spot ahead of Manu Bennett. Marie Tran is, of course, Rose, and uh, she's really not in the movie, so it's very difficult to tell you whether or not she gives a good performance, because when you get, you know, like three lines of dialogue, there's not much performance to give. Next is Samuel Witwer. This is the seventh film credit of his I have seen, dropping his average film rate to a 49.14. It's his seventh and worst film overall, and only film rated between 0 and 24. Um, I might have said that. He <laughs> comes in just behind... Solo, a Star Wars story, which he also did a voice for. He has a value of negative 3, a score of 35.22, to be ranked 3,129th overall, one spot behind Samuel West, and one spot ahead of Doris Day. Whitwer uh, lends his voice to the film as additional voices. I believe he plays gives the voice, supposedly, of um, Darth Maul. Darth Maul. Next is Joseph Altin. Alton, Alton, this is the 10th film credit of his I have seen, dropping his average film rating to a 47.5. It's his second film rated between 0 and 24 and ninth best movie overall, coming in behind Hummingbird and ahead of Child 44. He has a value of negative 4.5, a score of 35.08 to be ranked 3,150th overall, one spot behind Jeanette Hain and one spot ahead of Hector Elizondo. Elizondo. He is... Pilot Vanek. He is the Pilot Vanek in the background. Next is a somewhat major character in the film, Carrie Russell. This is the eighth film credit of hers I've seen, dropping her average filming to a 47 even. It's her second film, rated between 0 and 24, and seventh best movie overall. Coming in behind Honey, I Blew Up the Kid, and ahead of Austin Land. She has a value of negative 3.5, a score of 4.1, 34.1. Uh, to be ranked 3,281st overall, 
one spot behind Bruce Davidson, Bruce Davison, and one spot ahead of Betty White. She is. Um, don't want to get this name wrong. Uh, Zori Bliss in the film, kind of an old associate of Poe Dameron's, and uh, she wears a mask the whole time, uh, or not a mask, but a helmet, except for one point where you see her eyes. And um, I don't know, like I like Carrie Russell. I've seen a little bit of The Americans, not a ton, but and and if this does end up being a character that ends up getting their own like Disney Plus show. I'm into it. I don't know. I think the aesthetic of the character is really cool. I think Carrie Russell can bring a lot to that role. Just doesn't happen in this movie, I guess. Next is Olivia D'Abo. This is the seventh film credit of hers I've seen, dropping her average film rating to a 43.71. It's her second film, rated between 0 and 24, and sixth best movie overall, coming in behind The Big Green and ahead of Tarzan and Jane. She has a value of negative 3, a score of 31 even, to be ranked 3,627th overall, one spot behind Yul Vazquez, and one spot ahead of Henry Golding. Uh, Olivia D'Abo is Luminara Unduli. Um, Luminara Unduli. Let's see if I can get a better idea of who this is. <gasps> she is a Star Wars Jedi. Cool. Uh, yeah, she fought in the Clone Wars. And uh, she's a voice uh, in the film. Just a voice. Next is Jessica Tuck. This is the sixth film credit of hers I've seen, dropping her average film to a 43.67. It's her third film, rated between 0 and 24, and fourth best movie overall, coming in behind Batman Forever and ahead of High School Musical 2. She has a value of negative 3.5, a score of 29.25 to be ranked 3,799th overall, one spot behind Michelle Rodriguez, and one spot ahead of David Morrissey. Jessica Tuck. Oop, spelled that wrong. Jessica Tuck is additional voices. Everyone playing that role. Next is Andrew Havill. This is the 15th film credit of his I have seen, dropping his average film rating to 43.6. It's his second film, rated between 0 and 24, and 14th best movie overall. Coming in behind Closed Circuit and ahead of Hyde Park on Hudson. He has a value of negative 10, a score of 28.47, to be ranked 3,875th overall. One spot. Uh, behind Sarah Jessica Parker and one spot ahead of Vinnie Jones. Uh, Andrew Havill, not to be con confused with Hamill, uh, is a First Order officer. Yep. Next is Greg Grunberg. This is the 12th film credit of his I've seen, dropping his average film into a 41.67. It's his fifth film, rated between 0 and 24, and eighth film overall, coming in behind Malibu's Most Wanted and ahead of The Trigger Effect. He has a value of negative 7.5, a score of 28.21 to be ranked 3,905th overall, one spot behind Holt McCallany, and one spot ahead of Will Smith. Greg Grunberg playing Snap Wexley, one of the resistance pilot officer guys. Next is Tom Kane. This is the 12, 11th film credit of his I've seen, dropping his average film rating to a 40.55. It's his fifth film, rated between 0 and 24, and seventh best movie overall. Coming in behind Halloween H2O 20 years later, and ahead of Star Wars The Clone Wars. He has a value of 
negative 7.5, a score of 26.81 to be ranked 4,042nd overall. One spot behind Naveen Andrews and one spot ahead of uh, Lorraine Gary. Tom Kane, also um, piling on to the many list, the list of people playing additional voices. But here's a real name. This is Ewan McGregor. This is the 40th film credit of his I've seen, dropping his average film rating to a 46.43. It's his eighth film, rated between 0 and 24, and 34th best movie overall, coming in behind Stay and ahead of The Phantom Menace. He has a value of negative 18, a score of 26.21, to be ranked 4,097th overall. One spot behind Indira Varma, and one spot ahead of Madison Eisman. McGregor, reprising his role as Obi-Wan Kenobi, just as Alec Guinness reprised his role as Obi-Wan Kenobi. They both played the same character at different points at different times. Uh, and they're both in this movie giving their voice to the character at points. So, kind of interesting. Kind of interesting. And we continue. Next is Jennifer Hale. This is the 10th film credit of hers I've seen, dropping her average filming to a 398 it is her eighth, her fourth film, rated between 0 and 24, and seventh best movie overall, coming in behind Superman slash Batman Public Enemies, and ahead of Cinderella 3, A Twist in Time. She has a value of negative 7.5, a score of 25.67, to be ranked 4,133rd overall. One spot behind Julia Jones, and one spot ahead of uh, Zendaya. Zendaya. Jennifer Hale is the voice of Ayla Sakura. Um, some of you might know who that is. Uh, she is the blue Jedi with like the tendril hair things that come out, the two of them. She was in the, I think she's green, or maybe just the coloring. Um, there's a <laughs> there's a YouTube video called Star Wars, but only Ayla Sakura scenes, in which case you can see her walking around uh, in the backgrounds of various moments and um, not doing too much, but you can see her in a lot of, um, what would this be, Attack of the Clones? Yes. Um, she's a hologram at one point. I'm just kind of skipping through this video. See if there's a really defining moment. She is one of the many Jedi uh, executed with Order 66 um, on a very lush, overgrown planet. So, that being said, um, yeah, Ayla Sakura. She's cool. I like her. Wish there was more of her, but I don't think she even speaks in any of the movies, except this one, apparently, where she lends her voice through Jennifer Hale. Next is Billy Howell. This is the sixth film credit of his I've seen, dropping his average film rate to a 39 even. It's his third film, rated between 0 and 24, and fourth best movie overall, coming in behind The Sense of an Ending and ahead of On Chisel Beach. He has a value of negative 5, a score of 24.25, to be ranked 4,275th overall, one spot behind Naveed Negaban, and one spot ahead of Owen Wilson. Billy Howell, uh, playing a real character in the movie, is Ray's father. That's it. That's all he's credited as. Ray's father. He's the person who plays the face of, of Ray's father. Cool. 
Next is D. Bradley Baker. This is the 22nd film credit of his I've seen, dropping his average film rating to a 41.73. It's his 8th film, rated between 0 and 24, and 16th best film overall, coming in behind The Trumpet of the Swan and ahead of The Clone Wars. He has a value of negative 15, a score of 23.25 to be ranked 4,341st overall. One spot behind Jamie Denbo, one spot ahead of Leslie Bibb. Uh, D. Bradley Baker is might be a surprise to some of you, but he plays additional voices. Yep. Next is Hayden Christensen. Not Christian, Christensen. Hayden Christensen. This is the eighth film credit of his I've seen, dropping his average film rating to a 37.5. It's his third film, rated between 0 and 24, and sixth best movie overall. Coming in behind Attack of the Clones and ahead of New York, I Love You. He has a value, negative 7, a score of 23 even, to be ranked 4,360th overall. One spot behind Olivia Wilde and one spot ahead of Jane Kazmarek. Uh, Hayden Christensen, of course, played Anakin in the prequel trilogies Attack of the Clones and uh, Revenge of the Sith. So, naturally, he's a voice in this. He lends his voice to this film. Uh, we are nearing the end of this list, I promise. Next is Indra Ove. This is the sixth film credit of hers I've seen, dropping her average from mine to a 35.17. It's her third film, rated between 0 and 24, and fourth best movie overall, coming in behind, finding your feet, and ahead of Resident Evil. Uh, she has a value of negative 6, a score of 20.38, to be ranked 4,548th overall, one spot behind Catherine Winnick, and one spot ahead of Jason Alexander. Indrove plays a First Order officer. Next is Deborah Wilson. This is the eighth film credit of hers I have seen, dropping her average film rating to a 33.25. It's her fifth film, rated between 0 and 24, and fourth best movie overall. Coming in behind Hotel Transylvania 2 and ahead of The Nun, she has a value of negative 9.5, a score of 17.1 to be ranked 4,700th overall, one spot behind Gilbert Gottfried, and one spot ahead of Omar Epps. Deborah Wilson, interestingly enough, I mentioned Kiran Shah played the body of Nambi Gima. Deborah Wilson lends the voice to Nambi Gima. Next is Robin Atkin Downs. This is the 32nd film credit of his I've seen, dropping his average film rating to a 40.56. It's his ninth film, rated between 0 and 24, and 24th best movie overall, coming in behind Suicide Squad and ahead of Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice. He has a value of negative 23.5, a score of 14.68, to be ranked 4,776th overall. One spot behind Kari Wurrer, and one spot ahead of... I don't recognize any of these names, but I'm going to go with Margaret Avery. Margaret Avery. Robin Atkin Downs. Additional voices. Next up is Tara Strong. This is the 32nd film credit of hers I've seen, dropping her average film into a 40.63. It's her eighth, 11th film, rated between 0 and 24, and 22nd best film overall, coming in behind Binky Nelson Unpacified and ahead of Hotel Transylvania 3. Has a value of negative 25, a score of 13.24, to be ranked 4,831st overall, one spot behind Seth Green, and one spot ahead of Jason Patrick. Tara Strong. Additional voices. 
think this is the last person. Jeez. Um, <laughs> Freddie Prince Jr. This is the eighth film credit of his I've seen, dropping, er, in a shocking twist, increasing his average film rating to 23.13. It is his sixth film, rated between 0 and 24, and fourth best movie overall, coming in behind Scooby-Doo 2, Monsters Unleashed, and ahead of Summer Catch. He has a value of negative 12.5, a score of 6 even, to be ranked 4,985th overall. Uh, One spot behind Taylor Lautner, and one spot ahead of Lauren Hutton. Freddie Prinze Jr. plays the voice of Canon Jarrus, who is a Star Wars Jedi who uh, was around during Order 66, but he survived. Uh, at the time, um, for a brief while, he carried a blaster. And, um, yeah. Apparently, Freddie Prince Jr. voices him in Star Wars Rebels. And uh, they gave him a, a little bit of a voice here, too. So, that's neat. And that is, those are all the actors in the film and uh, that are on the spreadsheet, not even including Naomi Aki, who plays Janna. This is the first role that she's had that I've seen. Um, so, a lot. There's a lot of people. There's so many people in this movie. Anyway, uh, we did genre. Academy Awards. Currently, uh, the Academy Award nominees come out in a little less than two weeks. Uh, so we'll see if it gets any of the tech nominations there. Um We'll see. Uh, might get score, might get visual effects. Those are probably the best places for it to uh, get in. Circle of Film Awards, nothing nothing doing. For the year. Here we go. For the year. Uh, oh, crap. I will need to adjust a thing. Uh, due to the way the formulas work in my spreadsheet, um, sometimes putting in too much information uh, makes them not work. Too much, uh, I guess, to be clear, to clear, too much. Uh, um, I just had the word I was going to say, and now I don't. It fell out of my head. Uh, too much um, imperfect information. Uh, I don't like the sound of that. That's not what I was thinking. Incomplete. I don't know where that went. Too much incomplete information makes the formulas not work. But I fixed it. So this is one of the 291 films I saw. I have seen released in 2019 and one of the 1277 films that I saw during the course of 2019 it lowers the average rating of 2019 films to 42.24 lowers their tomato meter to 64.19 it is the 55th action 49th adventure 45th fantasy and 29th science fiction film from the year of 2019 as a quote-unquote bad film it is one of the 171 films that I have rated less than a 50 from 2019, making the ratio of good to bad films 0.42. So more than twice as many bad films as there are good ones from 2019 at the moment. Um, It is a three on the Bechdel test, part of the 46.74% of 2019 films that satisfy and pass all three parts of that test. And it is the 66th PG-13 film I've seen in 2019, as it stands right now. Finally, as a film with a score of 24, it is one of the 76 films to receive that rating. 
other films from 2019 include The Goldfinch and Wonder Park. You can go back a couple of years and hit on Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, Aloha, The Giver, The Cobbler, um, House at the End of the Street, Upside Down, Snow White and the Huntsman, Land Before Time, 13, The Wisdom of Friends. Uh, Or you can go all the way back to 1895 when Tables Turned on the Gardener from uh, also received a 24 from me. So, a bunch of films that got this score. Uh, It's not alone. Uh, I'm sure there are plenty of other films on this list that uh, more people think are better. But, alas, this is where it lands for me. That is the end of the statistics for Star Wars Episode 9, Rise of Skywalker. We just hit the hour mark. Oh my goodness. I need a drink of water. Thank you for listening to today's episode. It does mean a lot. If you'd like to listen to more episodes of the, of the podcast, head over to Stitcher, iTunes, places where podcasts can be found. You can also go to the website, circlefilm.com, to find all the episodes that have ever been released, and more than that. You can find me on Twitter at Circle of Film, on Letterboxd at Circle of Film, or email circleoffilm at gmail.com. You can support the show, like it, rate it, review it, subscribe to it, tell somebody about it, listen or if you are so inclined become a patron at patreon.com slash circle of film thank you and as always have a week so long farewell i'll be the same night i know she'll never leave me even as she fades from Nothing's really left or lost without a trace. Nothing's gone forever, only out of place. So long, farewell, oh, what I'll be to say. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute.